love to train new writers. I love to teach, educate, and help them move towards publication. That's why I created Write That Book, but I have something else that's super exciting. If you are interested in being in a subscription group and having all that interaction, having to be on Facebook all the time, I created a video vault with dozens and dozens of training videos that you can access for only $19 a month. Go to trishagoyer.teachable.com and look for the Write That Book video lessons. There's lessons from editors, agents, professional authors. You can go through them at your own pace and each of them is about an hour along. This is like a dozen writers conferences all in one place. Again, you can find out more information at trishagoyer.teachable.com. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, welcome to Walk It Out. And I want to start by saying you are so worth loving. And I've never said that to my audience before, but we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about how we need to look at ourselves and say, you are so worth loving, but also look to the people around us. And I'm so excited about my guests and all we're going to talk about today. So Erin Eddy is a social entrepreneur, a writer, a speaker, and a creative director. She's the founder of lifestyle clothing brand, So Worth Loving. She speaks and writes about her personal struggles, community, empathy, entrepreneurship, and the power of honest conversations. I am so glad you are here. Welcome, Erin. Thank you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it's so great to connect with you. Um, and I'm loving all you're doing. And, you know, I think this is such an important message because I think so many teenagers, adults, everyone is so concerned about, am I worthy? Am mm. I worthy of love? But I would love to hear just yeah. your story and how this all started. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Yes, So Worth Loving really came out. I, I look back now and I can say it was a space of refuge for me because I mm. so badly wanted to believe that I was worth loving, that I was valuable, that I had purpose, that um, the things that I've, maybe the choices that I had made or the things that, the statements that had been said over me when I was a little girl to me being, you know, in my, being 25 when I started, I was 24 when I started it. I think I just wanted to know that I was valuable and that those mm -hmm. things weren't true. And so, you know, I, I was an art director for a nonprofit for four years before I started So Worth Loving. And I was pursuing music by night. I was licensing my music to television shows. Uh, it was like on the Kardashian, which is so wow. funny. Uh, it's so fun. That was a wild ride. Um, I started doing – so my music started picking up and gaining a lot of traction. And 
with that as anything that we do, anything that we pursue, whether it's a passion project, whether it's a business, when we have somebody that supports it, it is such a gift to us. It mm-hmm. is like, wow, like you like what I'm creating and and it means something to you in your own personal life. Like you have taken it on your own. And I was seeing that with my music and I was just so humbled and excited and grateful that I wanted to create some sort of product that people that supported my music could wear. And I didn't like the word fan merch because I just felt like we were all in it together. Like it was like, we're just all doing this thing. Like we're all pursuing things. Um, so I decided I'm going to, I'm going to create a product that says that you are so worth loving. Mm. I didn't have any money though. And I didn't have any capital and I didn't have an idea of starting the business. I just wanted to create this product. So instead of buying inventory, I decided to put my home address on my blog and ask people to mail me their personal shirt and I will spray paint that you are so worth loving on it with fabric, watered down, cardboard stencil, spray paint and all and I'll mail it back to you for free. And I did that for eight months until I decided to pursue it as an endeavor where people were wanting to buy it for their friend that's going through a divorce or depression or anxiety or breakup or, you know, failing college or whatever it may be, you know. Um, And so I decided to start this business and then it evolved into a community of people that share their story of why they feel unworthy of love and what they have done along the way to learn that and to apply it and how that's impacted their choices. And how, you know, you talk about you started this and you're doing this for other people. When did you realize like, oh my goodness, this is for me. This is something that I need. Mm, yes. You know, I I started going to therapy when I was 21. And I was going to therapy for some family stuff that I had gone through, a toxic relationship that I had been in. And then I, so I kind of always struggled a little bit. It was like I had an, a little, like a low grade understanding of my lack of self-worth. Uh, until, but it wasn't until I went through a divorce mm-hmm. and that was about five and a half, almost six years into the business that I realized after that, I didn't know where to find my sense of self-respect, my self-worth. I wondered, how did I come to this? Whenever you've gone through something that you feel like suddenly happens, you just wonder like, how did I suddenly get here? And I started reflecting back on all my choices and I could see that it was a slow drip to mm. deteriorating. Uh, deterioration and on my self-esteem. So it wasn't until five years, six, almost six years into owning So Worth Loving that I realized, man, I don't even know. I can tell somebody else, but I don't know if I believe that about myself. And don't we do that? Like, don't you do that with your girlfriend? You're like, girl, why are you dating that guy? Or, you know, you're like, you have such a strong, like good set of skills. Like you should pursue this. And yet we don't do that for ourselves sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I'm always like, you know, telling other moms, like, just relax, get a, take a break, have a oh. cup of tea. And I'm like, wait, how come I'm not taking <laughs> the same advice? I think what we know the right answer and we know, like, you knew it so much that you started a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know what it is. We know what we need ultimately. But often it is so much easier to encourage other people, to help other people, to inspire other people. And then we look and realize, OK, I think this is for me. And how, you know, what we thought was something we were offering to others, we realized, okay, this is what I need. And this is what speaks to my soul. And you, you know, talk about in the book, just the questions. And I think all of us, you know, I'm not pretty enough. 
Mm -hmm. not smart enough. If I were more of this, then this would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we, we have those things that are those dialogues that are going through our head that we often don't even realize they're just kind of there in the back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would just love to hear how, as you're dealing with this and you're feeling like, okay, maybe I am worth loving too. How did you deal with talking to yourself in a different way than Mm -hmm. maybe those thoughts that had been in your mind? Yes. That's such a great question. I, I had to become very aware of my choice, like the result of my choices. Mm-hmm. I was responding to pain out of a place of denial. So I would pursue void fillers like attention from guys or drinking or my schedule was so jam-packed that I had no room to breathe at all. Uh, I would just pursue things that made me feel better or important or um, just instant gratifying fixes. And it wasn't until I just remember – I don't know if you've ever had one of those days where you just look in the mirror and you like almost study your face too much (laughs) where you're just like – you know what I mean? Where you're just like, what is wrong with my face? Like you're just like – but really you're just like, I'm so tired. Like I look so haggard. I look so tired. What is going on? Um, it wasn't until I became very aware, aware of of my choices. My choices didn't match where I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted to live a, a life that of – I mean, I don't know if balance exists, but I wanted to live a life where I wasn't always burned out and exhausted. And I wanted to be a really good friend that was consistent. And I wanted to – live a healthy lifestyle to honor my body and respect myself. And I wasn't making choices. My choices just weren't reflecting those desires. And so it wasn't until I really looked in. And I talk a lot about that in this first section of the book, look in. And it was me becoming aware of what was happening inside. The agreements I made, the way I saw myself, the unfinished work that I've never really dealt with from my childhood, Um, some heavy things I've never really processed, uh, wondering if I have purpose. I think sometimes we wonder, maybe not even like 30,000 foot view if we have purpose, but I think sometimes we wonder like, like, can I just get to the next day sometimes? Mm -hmm. Like for me, I was so depressed that I didn't even want to get out of bed. I didn't want to shave my legs. I didn't want to brush my teeth. And I didn't do that for a long time. And laying in bed and sleeping all day felt more of my purpose than knowing that I had one. So I talk a lot about that, but I had to become aware and just be really, really honest with myself. Honestly, like sit myself down and go, Aaron, look in the mirror. Like you feel this way because these are the choices that you're making. But you know, it also comes from like those little agreements that we make. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you about that using that word. So there might be a listener that says, what do you mean by agreements? Um, what I, I don't understand what that is, but I think I would love for you to give insight because I think we're making agreements that we don't even realize we're making. Yes. Yes. For me, it was like these little lies that I just started to say yes to. That's To me, that was what an agreement was. It was like these little quiet – like I would fill in the blank. Hmm. I'd fill in the blank of a statement. Like I th- agreement is like the act of – the act of allowing for something. So I would hear a lie in my head and I would say, that's that's probably right. 
I'll agree. I'll, I think so. Instead of going, that's not true. Like, why would I say that about myself? Instead of, of you know, defending myself, I would agree to it. So statements that have been spoken over me when I was seven, um, statements when I was 12, statements when I was married, statements when I was in that relationship, you know, whether it's like you're too – you're just too much. Like, you're too much. If you were just a little more meek, people would be able to accept you more. Mm. People would be able to re- like be your friend if you were just this. The whatever – so that the, – like those little statements that we make to ourselves that we don't even realize we're making. I just had a long list of them. Too much. I'm not enough. If I was more cultured. If I was – like all – like a whole list. And I, I decided one day – I don't know if you've ever experienced this where you just feel like your thoughts are just out of control and you're just like, they're so, they're everywhere. Like they're just like, they're all over the place and I can't seem to quiet them. Like nothing's working. Quiet time's not working. Journaling's not working. Meditation's not working. Worship music's not working. Going for a walk's not working. Drinking my tea's not working. (laughs) Yeah. Like, which is, you know, rare sometimes when we get to actually have those moments. None of those are working. In the five minutes that we give them a chance, none of those work. Right. <laughs> uh, I decided to go to my mirror and just write every agreement that I had made. Any thought that came to my mind that was negative, I wrote it with a dry erase marker. And I wanted to look at it and I wanted to rebuke it. I wanted to speak truth against it because it, I just did not – I couldn't fathom that those things I was thinking about myself were true. But they were little slow drip lies like that, like the too much and the – Yeah. And we don't even realize it sometimes because you're talking about, and I love how you said, you know, what, when I was seven or when I was 12, because sometimes people speak things that they don't even realize, like that was a seed that took root Mm -hmm. and that has grown. So for me, it was, if I got a B, it should have been an A. Well, it should have been an A. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. so my whole life, it's like, it should have been an A. So (laughs) whatever I do, it should have been an A. It should have, we could, we could work harder. We could do more. And then realize I'm like, what? Why do I have to always have an A on everything? Can't we have a B? C's are fine. Like there's a lot of C people out there. But I think whatever seeds get planted in our mind or for the girls that we adopt, and we have these conversations, which I'm so excited to go through this book with them because I think mm. it's going to really help them. The seeds that were planted, like you'll never have a family adopt you mm. and or you're never, you're always going to be in special education, education classes. You cannot learn you you can't be in the with the regular kids or I mean all these little seeds and I'm like why why are you listening to that you do have a family now like you've been adopted by us for five years like why do you think we're not gonna but those little seeds especially when you're young and we just take those in and we don't know any better and they, they grow and they're in our mind and I love how you talked about like really confronting them and you talk about um in this book it says you know you say we can spend our entire life searching for what others think is right or we can decide what is right and learn to rewire our minds to believe the truth from the source that made it. God made us this way and he accepts us as we are. And he offers us the opportunity to see ourselves the way he sees us. Mm. And really it is when you're talking about like looking in the mirror, it is like saying, okay, this is things that have been in my mind that I've made agreements with that I've let grow, or Mm -hmm. I could see myself as, as God saw me And I think like that one thing, I mean, the rest, that's in the beginning of your book. There's so much more, but if we could get like even that one thing to start with, Mm -hmm. that will change so much about our lives. And so, gosh, that's so true. It's such, and sometimes I think we're scared to become aware of those thoughts Mm -hmm. because we think that if we are aware of them, that makes them true. 
So we suppress them more because we're scared. We're scared that that could be true. And that's just the beginning of like walking into learning more about how God sees us is by being coming aware, bringing that stuff to light. Mm -hmm. He wants, he wants to do that work with us. Uh, wants to show us how he actually sees us, the source of truth versus, man, my source of truth was a layer, a bunch of layers of lies. And mm. that, you know, we talk about like being young and being like little girls and these little seeds. I remember when I was seven, uh, I used to be like a karaoke performer with my little karaoke box in front of my family. And I, I, <laughs> I would sing Shania Twain to them and, and kiss from a rose on a, on a grave by seal all the time in front of my family. And I told myself a lie that when I was little, and my, this is nothing that my family did, but I told myself that if I can perform well and keep people's attention, I'm seen, I'm loved, I'm valued, and I have something mm, to offer. Right. That was a seven. So how many more things do we currently do still now that we don't even realize that we're doing? Uh, and I, I, rec- I catch myself all the time. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, why would I ever say that or think that? It doesn't always have to, we don't, we, it's not always so blatant. It's like a baby seed. And I just now realized that, you know, 20, 26 years or yeah, 25 years later after being that little girl at seven that I said that to myself. Yeah. And I think even uh, people that, may be well-meaning like you said I'm not cultured enough for all these things I have one daughter that is out there like she will be with the karaoke and she will be singing and she will be loud and it's like okay please just quiet down like I have a headache or you know there's all these kids and she's just extra loud and I had to like realize like I don't want to be the one hindering her Mm. and so I'm like oh my you know just just how I would like talk to her saying like you would be the most amazing kindergarten teacher because you are so like engaged and out there and kids would love you. And so just really, instead of just saying like, you need to chill or you need to calm down, like really (laughs) trying to frame it in a way that to realize like you were created for a purpose. And I'll say, you I have no idea what purpose it is, but someday you're going to rock it. (laughs) And then, you know, so I think even as a parent now, I have to look at my kids and like, I really want to, get them like again to be more calm or to be more you know keep their foot out of their mouth or you know what they say whatever (laughs) and say instead like you're going to be a truth teller like Jesus Mm. is going to use you to be a truth teller but let's let's work on doing it in a kind way or whatever but like trying to figure out like how to see those things as we might want to kind of pull it in but realize that they are there for a purpose like my daughter who as a missionary in the Czech Republic, like she would just like be friends with everyone. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, why is she invited all these people into our house? And like, <laughs> I know, just, she's just, she is going to be friends with every different religion, every, and then now I see like God had that as a purpose because she's a missionary. Like she's wow. out there. She loves connected people, but it's so easy to like, okay, you know, maybe you should just go to youth group and like that be your core group of friends. <laughs> like it's so easy to try to like control our kids and put them in a box. And this is the safe way when instead I'm trying, I'm still working on it to see like this is in there for a reason. We just need to realize how to encourage them and inspire them, you know, and draw them to God. But know that those things are there for a purpose. That is such a beautiful outlook and response. And I mean, hard, right? Yeah, you don't always do it right, for sure. (laughs) Especially when you have a headache. You're just like, okay, you're going to be wonderful and inspire people in your future. Meanwhile, your head is like like, throbbing. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's so beautiful. How did you come to that perspective? Was that just something a check in your spirit that you just learned, or was it? Yeah, it really, that- it really was because um, I'm all like I'm easy to say like you should be doing this better, but I would realize like. I remember what it was like to hear those things. Like you should be Mm. more of this and that and how I struggle with that. And Mm. so instead of saying like, okay, I remember clearly one time and it had to be God's spirit speaking to me. Like my daughter was cleaning the kitchen and I'm always like, okay, don't forget you have to wipe this or you don't, you know, I'm trying to train them of course, to do a better job when they do their chores. But I felt like saying she gets so grumpy and negative, but of course I'm in there saying you need to do this better. You need to remember to do this. And instead I just felt like God saying like, tell her what she's doing right and I'm like okay wow look at that little part of counter that is so shiny and just to see her perk up and to be like oh my goodness and then she starts really wiping everything down and then it was the you know the child that was grumbling and complaining and didn't want to do her chore to the one that's going to spend an hour now shining everything up because I went in there and praised her and so I think that's I mean trying to see that in so many areas of my kids life and Again, I don't always get it right, but <laughs> instead of grumbling and complaining, like, do this better, or you should do this, so if you could catch them doing a little right thing and encourage them and inspire them and point them to God's plan for them, it just changes their attitude, it changes how they see themselves, mm-hmm. um, and it makes a huge difference. Is there an easier way to share the love of Jesus with friends and family? The simple answer is yes. Dave and John Ferguson, brothers, pastors, and authors, have found five simple, straightforward practices that will allow any believer to do just that. They share these in BLESS, five everyday ways to love your neighbor and change the world. BLESS is available now wherever books are sold. ultimate fangirl moment last year when I saw Todd Tillman win the voice and I saw how amazing his wife Brooke was and then all their kids I knew their story would make a great book the cool thing is over the last year I've got to work on the book with Todd and Brooke it's called every little win every little win is Todd and Brooke's story that really shares all the little things that led up to God using them in this big win of the voice and it's an amazing story and they're gonna tell you a little bit about it in their own words Uh, In our book, Every Little Win, what I really hope you learn is that you don't have to have enough money. And maybe you think the opportune time has already passed, but it has not. You can still get that victory regardless of those things. Our book, Every Little Win, is about you may think that you've messed up too bad or you've gone too far for God to redeem it, but that's not true. We want to show you and empower you that with God, all your stories are redeemable. How fun is that? I'm so excited about that book. You can find out more information at everylittlewinbook.com. And if you haven't heard Todd sing, just go to YouTube, put in Todd Tillman, T-I-L-G-H-M-A-N. You are going to have a blast discovering this amazing artist. That's so, that's amazing. That's so good. And how often do we 
we do err more on the side of critique than we do the side mm-hmm. of encouragement naturally, even in our own heads. So yeah. the fact that we you're choosing to speak truth over her and inspiration and encouragement is so it's she's gonna it's like helping her form that in her own mind too. That's yeah. so cool. I Absolutely. Love that. And then seeing all the different personalities. Like they you you're talking about like each person is created for a purpose and mm-hmm. what I and when I first you know having I have 10 children so we have three biological and seven adopted wow. every single one of them is completely different and I think I call the first three my like training ground because I wanted to be the boys the sports person the girl's going to be the ballerina <laughs> you know the, you have the little <laughs> things that you think they're going to be and realize like wait God has already created them mm-hmm. a certain way and the more we can look to see how God has created them um, instead of just trying to put them into what we think a kid should be or what Ooh. the perfect role is. I mean, it's such a huge thing. And now uh, it, it's freeing for parents because mm-hmm. we're not running around to all these things when it, they're not even interested in them in the first place. And then it's freeing for the kids because they could be who God created them to be. Yeah, that's so good. Goodness. That in itself. Woof. That's like a whole, let this be the podcast, what you just said what? That, right there. <laughs> <laughs> But as I'm reading your book and going through, I'm like seeing like, okay, I could see how these seeds are there. And then I could also see like, okay, it just reminds myself, like I need to continue. Like I said, I don't always get it right. I need to continue to encourage my kids and point them (laughs) to the direction. Oh, that's so great. Wow. I love that. Now we, we've been talking about like looking in for sure. And there's your books in three sections, looking in, looking up and looking out. And we could definitely like spend all, all the time looking in because uh, there's so much there. Like this could be a total therapy session, but I do want you to talk about your, the other parts of your book and, and how like even your story, God has led you to look up and then to look out. Yeah. I I wrote the book in three sections on like in and then bite-sized chapters on purpose because I think when we are burned out, when we're tired, when we're exhausted, oh, re- reading a really thick book is like the last thing we have energy for. And yeah. I remember when I was burnt out and exhausted and going through my divorce, people were giving me books that were just like I just I was so I was in such a bitter state. That mm-hmm. a thick book that was like, you know, the four seasons of marriage and they gave that to me, which is a wonderful book. But at the time I was just like, I don't want to read this book. I need bite-size information. I'm tired. I can barely get out of bed. So I um, I wrote this book for that in, in that vein. And so mm-hmm. the, the look in was all about the awareness. The look up was all about, okay, you see all this stuff all this baggage, all this icky thing, all these icky things that you may see about yourself or people that said over you, the injustices that you've experienced. Maybe you feel like you have been voiceless for a while and now you ha- you are in awareness of it, all of that. What? Where is God in all of that? And what does he think of what you've become aware of? And is he trustworthy? And are you angry at him? And, you know, are, do you do you know how to be vulnerable with him? Do you know how to develop intimacy with him? And and I just mainly share – this whole book is a personal journal, really, is what it is. It's my personal, formal journal. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I share, like, I'm not a therapist. I've just gone to therapy for a long time, and I've observed people's stories for a long time. But the look-up section, I talk about intimacy with God. I talk about endurance. I talk about anger with him. I talk about how I've tried to sabotage my intimacy with him by feeling – uh, t- my time up and not being still in, in, in the presence of him or even learning what that even means. Um, 
I talk about healing the loneliness, like feeling really lonely. And especially right now, I know so many people that feel lonely. Even when we're surrounded, I talk about, even when we are surrounded, we have a house full of kids and a husband and we can still feel lonely. I talk about that. And then the lookout section, I, I go into, okay, we've learned the awareness. We've learned God is so confident with whatever feeling that we have that he is steady. He's not insecure. And we can have an intimacy with him. So then look out. How do we protect that? How do we know who to trust? How do we go into – I write about risk and how trusting is is risking, especially if you've been deceived, betrayed, or you have deceived and you have betrayed. Either way, you know what, it, what it's like and what somebody's capable of. And so once you've kind of healed – how do you risk being vulnerable again with with friends, a community, a church, maybe? Um, how do you how do you risk and enter into that? But then also, how do you become a friend to somebody else that was going through what you went through in your look look in you know your look in stage? Um, and what's great about the way I formatted the book is that you can really pick it up and read any portion of it at any point. You don't have to read it front to back, though you can, and it's laid out where you can, but you don't have to. So if there's a specific section of the book that you identify more with, like forgiving or honesty or desire or relief or loneliness or healing or lies or sabotage, recovering, um, drift, discomfort, uh, you can pick up and read that section. Yeah. And these sections maybe like four or five pages and then there's a reflect um, and then there's like in some parts like journaling lines and I think there's like pages that have the big quotes that I'm like okay yeah this is a really good quote with underlines and circles I mean it is something that you can do with a teenager or a small group or your friend Mm -hmm. um, and just go through these things and I think like you said each section is is enough that you could dwell on it a while but then you could jump to this next part and like okay this is what I really needed today and Mm -hmm. I do love that it's not heavy Um, And I think so many times, like, yes, these theologians, they are wonderful, and they do have good insight. You are right. (laughs) But when we are tired, and when we're like, oh, I can't even, like, I I had to read this paragraph three times to even know what it was saying, that (laughs) is not going to help us in the moment. But it's helpful to, you know, pick up a book like you wrote, and to talk to a friend, and to share these things, um, and Mm -hmm. to get out your journal, and to really think about, like, why do I believe that? Or why did I think that? Or how am I drifting? Or whatever these questions are. Um, I, I do love how you just just made it in such um, easy ways for us to do that. And I think it also is because like you have a community of people that you are connected with, with So Worth Loving. So I'd love for you to talk about that, too, because I think, um, you know, just your story of how it started as, okay, I'm going to spray paint T-shirts has turned <laughs> into this wonderful community. Yes. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't until I realized when I looked around when I was like, you know, that burnout state in the middle of owning So Worth Loving, I looked around, I I took a step back from the company uh, for two years and just really worked on my heart and Mm. healing it and working for other organizations to understand uh, mission over profit and just like relearning some things and, and just being mentored and kind of being an apprentice in some ways to some people. And so when I went through that, I learned So Worth Loving Community is so strong because it continued on and it didn't have anything to do with me. It had everything Mm. to do 
with us all just wanting to understand more of how to process the things that life throws at us and learn how to be more loving and more patient and more kind to ourselves so that we can do that for other people, how we can be better moms, better sisters, better cousins, better aunts, better uncles, better brothers, better husbands. Like It's all about how can we not just be better but accept who we are and then just learn to love who we are with God by our side. And that's what the Sword Loving Community is and that's what – everybody that makes it up is and 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 it wasn't until I really looked around and I was like man this community has gifted me freedom to walk towards my mess because nobody is full of judgment because they've gone through their mess right they've gone they know what it's like to be honest with the stuff that they are dealing with they know what it's like to sit in the muck and then go sit in the muck with someone else. That is what true – and that's what true community is. And I write about that and look out. I talk about a lighthouse. And I love – you know, lighthouse can sometimes be overdone, especially in Christianity. But I, I do love the the word lighthouse and what it means because even before lighthouses, the structure was made. They were bonfire pits made on – Uh, treacherous parts of an island to bring ships home and lighthouses they are they don't choose the ships that they save they they save every ship Mm. and that's what community is we 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 don't choose the people we want to just sit with that's 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 selective community but true community if it's if it is centered if it's centered and the and all of the healthy roots and that has a strong foundation it is showing up in somebody's mess. And and I had so many friends show up in my mess. And I watched the So Worth Loving community show up in each other's mess. And I think once, you know, I, mean, I remember being just a young Christian mom and had my husband and these kids. And we're going to live this wonderful Christian life. And then it's like, oh, wait, I had a friend that just really messed up. And how mm-hmm. am I going to show up for her? And then when I really mess up, like having people <laughs> show up with me. I think so many times we have this idealistic view of, um, okay, we're just going to do all do good. We're all going to make good choices. <laughs> we're all, there's yeah. not going to be hardship. And then all of a sudden it's almost like, I remember just as a young wife and mom, like what is happening? And yes. then now it's like, so like, okay, this, yeah, I can see, yeah, this is hard, but we're going to walk through it together. Like you realize like, this is what community is about. It's not mm-hmm. like everyone just looking good and trying to do their best, <laughs> but when something happens, when hard stuff happens, maybe it's not even things that we do but things that happen to us and just mm-hmm. everyday life and pandemic and whatever yes. it is walking through it together mm-hmm. and supporting each other when they need supported and and knowing that people will be there to support us I mean that is true community not even close to what I first imagined as, yes. a, as a young Christian mom yes and I honestly I've done I think the reason I, I'm so passionate about community is because I've done it all wrong like I mm. feel like I I was the judger I would be like oh my gosh I can't believe that she did that or you know I can't believe you know I would hear like I can't believe she didn't know that that was going on or whatever statement that I would make in, in regards to judging somebody else and then when I was on the recipient end, like the recipient of being judged, I was like, oh, this is what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is why it's so important to do the work in ourselves. We can do show up for other people. It wasn't until I I was in my own mess that I realized, man, I had community all wrong. Right. Yeah. So good. Oh, there's so many things we could talk about. <laughs> I appreciate you and your message and all that you're doing and your Instagram page. I mean, oh. I just appreciate it all so much. Um, and I, I know we're going to put everything in the show notes, but 
where can people just connect with you and this community you talk about and then um, find information about the book So Worth Loving? Yes. Yeah. You can go to soworthloving.com and uh, you can find everything there, like our product to my book, to our community space, uh, soworthloving.com slash book directly takes you to my book. And then um, soworthloving.com slash community takes you to our platform that we have where we provide resources and tools for people that want to know what kind of books to read and what kind of videos to watch and podcasts to listen to to learn more about um, how to live their life through the lens that they're worthy of love. And you can connect with us on Instagram too, at SoWorthLoving. And then I'm, I'm at Erin Eddy, E-R-Y-N-E-D-D-Y. Awesome. I love it. I have my copy of the book. I already ordered two copies to do with my oh! two, two of my teen daughters. So yeah. I'm excited. I think, okay, yes, this is the messages. There's so many messages that are out there that are trying, you know, that are trying to assault our teens. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is what I want them I love to be that. concentrating on. So thank you so much, Erin, for all you're doing. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What a joy it was talking to Erin today. Now, there are some people that, I don't know, when you talk to them, you just find yourself smiling. And I found myself doing that with Erin. Even though she talked about challenges in her life and the hard things, her joy really came through. Her love really came through. And I think that's what people can connect with because as Erin is real and as she shares with her personal struggles, she also shares that you are worth loving and that God has good plans for you. And I think that brings a smile to our face because we can hear it in her voice. It's not just a slogan. It's not just something she's going to spray paint on a t-shirt. It is something that she truly is going to believe. Um, One of the quotes that I love that she says is, shame tempts us to look outward, but healing our shame requires an inward look. And that's really what this book is. So worth loving how discovering your true value changes everything. It is an inward look. And whether you can do a page every week um, or you know do a chapter every month. It takes time to really look inward and to realize what's going on and what challenges are there and why do I have these reactions and why do I have these struggles? But it is so, so important. So as I was thinking about the walk it out verse for today, I thought of Zephaniah 4.10, which says, do not despise these small beginnings. And I think that happens in so many layers. First of all, with Erin, she talked about, you know, So Worth Loving started when she started having people send her their t-shirts and she would spray paint on them. Uh, What an amazing start. But I think as with anything else, whether it's a new venture, whether it is a new habit, small steps, small beginnings is where everyone starts. You know, when I sit down and talk to new authors and they're like, I don't know, I have all these questions. I don't know what I'm doing. And I said, everyone starts that way. I started that way. I had no idea that POV meant point of view or what a theme of a novel was. Uh, Maybe my junior English teacher tried to tell me, but I was like too busy, like checking out the cute guy in the next aisle. I don't know. I mean, so many things. Um, We think that everyone else has it figured out. They don't. We think everyone else doesn't have the same struggles. Actually, they do. Um, So just remember, Zephaniah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings because it is there that God 
can do his work. When seeds are planted, they grow into something huge. The Bible talks about the mustard seed is the smallest of seeds. Yeah, it grows into a tree that can hold birds. Those small beginnings, whatever they are, don't be afraid of them. So that's my encouragement for you. And I know um, you got that from listening to this talk with Aaron today. So let me pray for all of us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for small beginnings. I thank you for Erin, and even in her brokenness, she reached out to tell other people that they are loved, and I think she needed to hear that herself, Um, and I thank you that you continue to use her in amazing ways to connect with people on a very real level, to let them know, like, you are worth loving. God cares for you. You matter. And I think that's something that all of us need to hear. I pray that you will be with Erin. I pray that you will bless her ministry, grow her ministry. I pray this book will get into many hands and that you will be glorified. And for those out there that may be listening that think, I feel like there's more problems than answers. There's more darkness than there is light. There is more struggles than there is peace. I pray for light and hope and truth and peace on every listener's day. I pray that um, this maybe the small beginning is opening up the Bible and just turning to your words and reading them. Maybe the small beginning is writing down a prayer or um, confessing an ache or a pain with someone that they can be trusted. Lord, I pray for these small beginnings. I pray that we don't feel like we have to completely transform overnight because that's impossible but instead we can turn to you we can discover you and we can allow you to impact our lives as we turn to you lord i pray for each listener i thank you so much for each one in your name we pray amen well friends i love that i love that's so worth loving i love the message of aaron and i love that you're able to connect with me through this platform. I mean, I'm sitting here right now in my bedroom. Uh, my desk has piles of things on it. My kids are like goofing off in the other room. I don't think you can hear them, but they're goofing off and playing around. And yet I can give you hope and give you encouragement. If you um, have any questions that you think, okay, I really would love to ask Trisha this. I'm going to be starting to record some of your answers. So this is what I need you to do email hello at trishagoyer.com hello at trishagoyer.com and you know you can ask me like hey what's something that I can make for dinner because I'm really getting tired of the recipes you can ask me like I am interested in writing a book you can ask me how did you get started reading the bible whatever it is I would love to answer your questions so send them on over to hello at trishagoyer.com and I would love to share with you and connect with you And thank you, friend. I pray you will have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.